Gracious God, we we are grateful for your faithfulness. And that the words that we just sang it's more than a notion, God. It's factual, it's truth, God, that you don't fail. And God, we are so grateful that that rings true, especially considering us as your children. Thank you, God, for being right what we need you to be. Maybe not always what we want you to be. Maybe not always where and how we would prefer for you to be, God, but thank you. Lord, that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not ours, God, that you are exactly what it is that we need, Lord, for when we needed a savior, perhaps we would have called for a banker, we was looking for a king, God, but you came as Lord. And you established your kingdom in our hearts, God, that although there's cruelty and evil within this world, Lord, that we can live this life and not allow it to consume us, God, because you don't fail. We've gathered, Lord, on another Sunday morning just to take some time collectively to say to you, thank you. Thank you for being God and God all by yourself. Lord, that you are God regardless of what the skeptics say you are God, regardless of who sits in whatever political office you are. God, regardless of what our bank accounts say, God, you are God. You're the one who came near when we needed you most. And so, I pray, God, that by the conclusion of this gathering today, Lord, that someone here will leave today embracing that just a little bit more. That, Lord, what they know about you will move just a little further south into their hearts. That they exit these doors, Lord, with an unwavering conviction in their hearts that says, the God that I serve, he doesn't fail. He's always on time. He's a keeper. He's peace in the midst of a storm. Lord, in the testimonies of the mothers, God, he's a protector. Lord, you always are present, God. When we stray away, God, we're so grateful that you're faithful enough that you never turn your back on us. God, may we all exit these doors today. Assured of that. 
and that we spread that love to all of our neighbors, our co-workers, our family members, that they know you as well. Now, God, I pray for this brief moment of preaching that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, God, that it will be acceptable in your sight. For, God, you are our strength and our redeemer. We love you, and it is in your name that we do humbly pray. Let every heart say amen. Amen. Come on, why don't y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And uh, how about... How about a little better, one more time for all the mothers. Come on, let us, let us celebrate the mothers today. Yeah, man, moms, moms, you deserve every ounce of honor and praise that you receive today. And, um, and if your mom is still with you, um, please make sure that you do a good job of letting her know how much you appreciate her. And, um, and for the fact that she, 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 she gave of her body and her shape so that you could be here. <laughs> That's what Kat testified about. I heard her. said, Genevieve, cost me. She said, amen. Yeah, so um, so, so grateful for that. Um, my mom is here, and she's not, I guess she didn't want to hear me preach, so she left. And... Um, and that's okay. I don't want to hear me preach either. So, um, yeah, but uh, I'm grateful for her because uh, without her, there is no me. And uh, I'm also grateful for the mother of my children, who's not in here as well. Um, I'm no noticing a trend. <laughs> so, what's going on? Uh, yes. I don't know if that is a warning sign or what. Um, and, uh, but I'm just not going to look at those empty seats to my left and your right. Those, I'm act like those are full. Well, all right, man. This week we, uh, we enter into our fourth week of the series that we're calling I Am, where we're walking through the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes in Scripture. Uh, it's been pretty cool. And, uh, and I hope that it's been a blessing to you the way that it has to been uh, to me. Let me bring you up to speed. If you haven't been here, first off, let me encourage you. Uh, all the messages are available on our website. So if you haven't heard them, you can just pull up uh, becomingone.church and you can check those out. On Week one, we started on Easter Sunday and Pastor Matt preached uh, about Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. And then uh, the following Sunday, he came back talking about I am the gate. And then last week, last week, uh, Kat came and she, she preached her heart out and talked to us about Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And she did an amazing job. They both did a, an amazing job leading us into this series. And this week, we are actually going to zero in on our theme verse for the series. And so um, let us kind of, let's recite that together. This is our memory verse from John 15, verse 5. Uh, let's read it together. Yes, I am... Four... Amen. Thank you so much. I think this verse not only accomplishes what we hope for within the series, but I think we talk about the hope that we have for us as a congregation, as believers, as we walk through these seven statements. I think that there's so much that we can draw from this that if we embrace it, it can really change much of the direction and focus uh, for our devotional practices and as we try to draw closer to what 
uh, Christ wants us to be. Uh, as we walk through these seven statements uh, that Jesus makes, if you embrace the fact that Jesus is the vine that we're talking about today, if you embrace that reality, what you'll discover is that as a natural consequence or a byproduct of embracing this, the rest of the statements will ring true for you. If Jesus is the vine and if you are the branch, then naturally what will happen is you'll understand him as the way, the truth, and the life. If Jesus is the vine, then naturally as a consequence you will understand him as the gate, as the bread of life. This is a central verse, and if you really embrace it, and we'll point it out in just a moment, uh, you will see that and how it can actually fulfill some of the other verses in our lives. I also think that uh, it's a wonderful verse for Mother's Day because as Jesus is speaking about I am the vine and you are the branches, basically Jesus talking about that he is the source of life. Well, what better um, natural representation of that than mothers? Mothers are the source of life for children for all of our lives and we are their branches. Amen. I thought about that for Mother's Day, and I thought about some of the things that we experienced, so vibe with me for just a moment. Have you ever caught yourself doing or saying something, and you've had to pause and said, oh, my Lord, I'm acting like my mom. Anybody ever done that? Anybody? I mean, listen, maybe, maybe in the way that you parent, maybe in the way that you act. Chris is saying no, but he looks just like his mama, so I ain't trying to hear nothing he, he's saying right now. Whatever. And so what happens, man, is it, it occurs, right? Like you'll, you'll say, man, I, I, I can't believe that I'm actually doing it. That's why, that's why we, we, love, we love this commercial right here. You, 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 you're familiar with it. We love this commercial. Check this out. When we moved into the new house, but having his parents over was enlightening. You don't like my lasagna? No, it's good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> blow. Blow on it. You see it, right? Is there a draft in here? I'm telling you, it's so easy to get home insurance on Progressive.com. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. That commercial's good because it's true, right? Yeah, because you find yourself, the older that you get, acting a lot like your parents. And sometimes it's unnerving, is it not? Like, I can't believe I just said that, like that, I just did that. And if you're like me, perhaps you are, perhaps you aren't, you, you've grown up working hard not to do some of those things, right? Like some of you, some of you, when you had children, you vowed, I will not parent like my parents parented me, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to do it. For instance, I'm going to talk about my mom, talk about my dad real quickly. I vowed that when I became a father, what I would not do is I would not, I, I vowed to have a bean-free house. There's going to be no beans in my house. I vowed that I would never make my kids sit at the table and force them to eat beans, and if they don't, they couldn't move until they fell asleep at the table. I, I refuse to parent like that. And when, when, I, when I got married, I, I, we had no beans, no beans. There's no beans in our house until my dad discovered that the woman that I married actually liked beans. It's the last thing he needed to know because whenever he made them, now keep in mind, growing up, he cooked beans two to three times a week two to three times a week, and 
for the remainder of his life, even though they were empty nesters, he cooked beans two or three times a week. That's just what he did. He loved beans. I just don't understand. He found out that my wife loved beans. And every time he cooked them, if, he, if we were around, if he touched, he says, hey, Rochelle, I got some beans. See, he's so, so happy. Be so happy to give us some beans. And this woman would take them and bring those beans into my house. And sit at my table and eat them with cornbread. I was so offended. I said this. I said, you vowed before God and witnesses to honor and obey me, and you are doing neither with those beings. Neither of those. Pray for her soul. Pray, pray for her soul. Pray for her soul. But there are some things, right? There are some things, man, in our lives that we vowed that I'm just not going to be like my parents. Just... Just going to get it. Then you find out, man, as you get older, is that there are just some things, man, that you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't miss. It's just, as Kendrick Lamar said, it's just in your DNA. You just can't, you can't do it at all. It's who you are. It's a part of who you are. So, for instance, for instance I wish my sister was here. She's not. But um, one of the things that we, we inherited from my mom is this. That, that's, that's actually, all right, time out. That's, that's. That's all three of our kids right there, so it's a big deal uh, for my wife right now. So, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So one of the things that we inherited from, from my mom was this, and, and, and it, it hit me uh, a few years back when my mom actually had surgery. Uh, we're at the hospital, and it's, it's a minor surgery, and the surgeon comes out, and he's having this discussion with me. Keep in mind, this is the surgeon. I'm a pastor. The surgeon, I'm a pastor. He comes to me and he says, all right, here are the things that we're going to do. Here are the complications. Here's some of the potential and all that. And so what I do, the one who's a pastor who did not go to medical school, I begin to correct the surgeon. Yeah, I, I, I corrected the one who went to medical school about something that he specializes in. And it hit me that, oh, I'm going I'm to know it all. And I get that from my mama. <laughs> I, I am acting like a, a know-it-all. But what was clear was this. What's clear is this. The only reason that I am who I am is because she's the source. And I am the branch. And I act the way that I do. I, I, I behave the way that I do because... Inherently, I am created that way. What Jesus is trying to teach to his disciples is the very same thing. You are who you are because he is the source. You are the branch. That's ultimately the crux of this verse. So let me tell you what we're not going to do today. Usually, when we're within this verse, what we want to do is we want to skip to the action piece of it. We want to get to the part where we say, remain in me, and I remain in you, for apart from me, you can do nothing. We're going to deal with that, but that's not where, where, where the crux of the, the verse is. The crux of it is in the beginning, that I am the vine and you are the branch. That's the most important part of this verse. Let me tell you what happened. Man, Kat did a great job of giving us some context last week, so I won't give you too much, but this is on the heels of the conversation that she had last week. Basically, what's happening is Jesus is preparing to die. He's preparing after his three-and-a-half-year ministry is over with to die and to go before all of the Roman officials and to give himself up for us. 
As he's doing so, he begins to have all these conversations with the disciples. And if you read it, man, please, in your own time, read John chapter 14 through maybe even 13 through 16. And you can see, man, it's like a, a barrage of emotions that's taking place, man. He's talking about betrayal. He's talking about denial. He's talking about all these things. There are so many questions and emotions within the room. And almost what Kat dealt with last week as, as, as Jesus heard and sits all that pastorally, he says, hey, listen, don't worry about all that. For my father's house are many rooms. And don't, 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 don't freak out of it because what's about to happen is I, I'm about to go set things up so that you can be with me. Now, that sounds comforting to us because we've read the story to them. They don't know what Jesus is talking about. So, so, so Philip speaks up and says, Jesus, cool. Um, what I need you to do, though, is I need you to tell me where you're going to be so I can program my GPS and get there. And, uh, and Jesus says, well, I need you to know that I'm your GPS. I, I, I am the way. I'm the truth. And I am the life. But it's still crazy at this moment. They have a bunch of other conversations. Thomas, the doubter, has something. Philip has something. Judas, not the betrayer, but the other Judas, has a conversation question for him, trying to figure out what's all going to go down. And so I envision this verse right here kind of like this. Um, you, you, ever, you ever had a job and went through training, on-the-job training? All right, all right. Um, I, I just finished the stint. Some of you may not know. I, I, just, I worked for Coca-Cola for a few months at the beginning of the year. Um, yes, pray for Coke. Um, and um, what happens when you go through training is you work with someone, and after a period of time, they release you to be by yourself. Now, when you're working with them, everything's okay because you've got some assistance. You've got somebody who knows the rope, somebody who has the experience. They've got all the knowledge. But after a period of time, the trainee has to be released from the trainer to function on your own. And one of the most fearful moments in which is when you recognize that the next time you show up, you're not going to be with the specialist. The next time you show up, you're all on your own. And being like that stirs up some emotions in you, right? Jesus is having this type of conversation with his disciples. I've been with you all this time. He's going over all these lessons and all these things that he's teaching them. And when we get to John 15, I envision it that it's one of these type conversations. Um, listen, I, I know that I've given you a whole lot, but check this out. If you don't get anything else that I give you, get this. I am the vine. You are the branches. Remain in me and I will be in you don't get anything else. Get that right there. This is what Jesus is doing, having this conversation. Because he's having to deal with the reality that the disciples are trying to figure out, what do I do next? Which is always our question, right? As, as pastors, what we know is the, the top, one of the top three questions we always get is about purpose. What am I supposed to do with my life? Why am I here? What, what, what should I do next? And from here on out, no longer, I, I used to love sitting down with people and helping them create maps and, and plans in order to, to achieve their purposes. I'm not doing any of that anymore. The only thing I have for you is this. Jesus is divine. You are the branch. Figure out what that means. 
Because the only thing that Jesus is teaching, the only thing that he wants his disciples, his followers, the only things he's wanting us to know is to know who he is. And if you want to know what your purpose is, your purpose is directly attached to knowing who Jesus is. That's all throughout the scripture, man. When people are trying to figure things out as Jesus is preaching, the whole I am statements are all about learning who Jesus is. Matthew 7, Jesus is preaching, letting them know about his ministry. They want to know what to do. Baby, seek first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's in the Old Testament as well. Rather than trying to figure out what to do, what you need to do is be still and know that I am God, for I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted within all the earth. Just sit still and let God be God in your life. Learn who he is. Learn the vine. You be the branch, and God will do the rest. Our hope lies not knowing who or what God does, but who God is. Because what we hope for and pray for more than anything else is we want God's hand. But what Jesus is teaching, if you seek my face, as a natural consequence, my hand comes with me. But if you seek my relationship, even if my hand is not there, you'll be more than confident. You'll be more than comfortable. You will be more than pleased with having my face, having my heart. Learning that, man, will take you so far. All the uncertainty that we live in within this world, man, if you, if you learn who Jesus is, you'll learn that's the most important thing. You'll learn that it doesn't matter who sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It doesn't matter. We got the governor's election coming up. It doesn't matter who's in Frankfurt. It doesn't matter who's down at 6th and Jefferson. None of, those, none of those things matter. The only thing matters is who's seated on your heart. And if who's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania or in Frankfurt or on 6th and Jefferson causes you so much anxiety, that means that they sit in your heart instead of God. Because what I know is this, is that I serve a God who reigns. And it doesn't matter what laws you invoke. It doesn't matter how many injustices that you put on the people. I will serve my God and I will serve him against the empire and the injustices that I see each and every day. I don't care if it's Obama. I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Bubba. I don't Bevan or whomever else. None of those folks matter. The power lies within God. Lies within God. Learn who he is. He's the vine. Last night, yesterday, yesterday, we, we were here um, showing love to our neighbors, man. Had a pretty good time. Uh, Wayne burned hot dogs just the way that you're supposed to. So that's a good thing, you know. If you're not from the South, when you grill hot dogs, you burn them. Uh, because that's the way that they're supposed to be eaten. If your hot dog does not have scorch marks, it's not a grilled hot dog. You got to have burn marks on your hot dog. Get that right, babe? All right. And so we were out there, and we're grilling hot dogs, man. And there's a guy who came by, and he rejected, he rejected the hot dog. I don't know how you reject a grilled hot dog, but he did. So I figured this was a time for ministry because anybody who don't want a grilled hot dog clearly doesn't know Jesus. So, so I, I call him over, and, and we begin to have a conversation. And, and he says to me, well, I, I don't want it because... His exact words is, I, I ain't nothing but a drunk. And, uh, and then he says, that's just who I am. 
And my response was, well, brother, I know a man who, although you think that you're just a drunk, I know a man who sees more in you than you see in yourself. And I love, I love not to turn or transform you into not being a drunk. I just love to introduce you to him. Man, if that could only be the posture of the church. Rather than trying to figure out how to change people and do behavior modification, if we could only get to the point where we just say, listen, I know that you've got some struggles. I may not always agree with what you say or what you do, but I know a man. I know a man who loves you instead. I know a man who will stick with you through thick and thin. I know a man who loves you and wants to be intimately connected to you. And if that's all we hope to give them, man, we can heal so much within our world rather than trying to change people's behaviors. The utmost importance for your life that you learn who Jesus is because when you learn who Jesus is, you learn who you are. That's what he's talking about. I am the vine, you are the branch. And here's what you'll never find. Now, I've, you know, I, I've just now learned how to plant flowers without killing them. I'm, I'm my second year. I got all types of color and beautiful flowers in my yard now because for about five years I killed everything that I planted. So I put the work in. I got two rose bushes. I got a porch full of flowers. My driveway's got some, some pretty colors in it now. And um, I've gotten pretty good at it. And, and what, what I know about vines is this. I, I don't have any fruit or vegetables, but check this out. If you were to have a grapevine, and, uh, and if the grapevine then grew a branch, uh, the thing that you're not going to see in the grapevine is you're not going to see the grapevine grow an apple. It just doesn't happen. Uh, a grapevine grows a branch, and from that branch, the grape produces fruit called... <laughs> y'all got, got it. Y'all got it. The grapevine grows a branch, and the branch then grows a fruit that's called a grape. You know the grapevine and the fruit because it's attached to the vine. What Jesus is saying to us about the, about the vine and the branch is when you know what type of vine you have, when you know the vine, then you know the fruit that comes produced from the branch because the branch comes from the vine. You see what it is. Some of y'all looking at me like y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, so uh, so here, I'm, I'm going to prove my point. Um, let's, let's bring it up to our times because ain't none of y'all farmers. Um, we, we, are, we, are, um, we are appliances. Okay? You know what an appliance is? All right, let me prove my point. Let me prove my point. All right. Give me one sec. All right. We are appliances. All right. Um, now, now this, this box is a box for a, <laughs> man, y'all get smart about a moment. Um, so <laughs> you're from California, you probably think that's true. Um, so here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. This, this, this box is a box for a TV. But check this out, if, if the TV's in the box, and I take the box of the TV home, and I sit the box like this, on my table, and I say, I've got a good TV, that's nonsense, right? Yeah, because it doesn't have any value in the box, right? There's an appliance within the box that needs to be applied to something, but if I leave it in the box, 
It has no value to me, and it's not living its real purpose. The problem or the issue with many of us is this. So many of us are unboxed potential. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that you are still in your box. You, you've been believing for years. You, you know that you've got potential. You, you know that you are living maybe outside of God's will. You know that there are things that you ought to be doing, but you're still in a box talking about, I look good, and, uh, and, and, and I'm doing well. And, and you're positioning yourself unboxed without living fully into the way that you created, and you're hoping that people will see who you are when you're still in a box. Baby, get out the box, because as long as you are in here allowing the world, allowing the situations to box you in, you will never be fully who God created you to be. Okay, that wasn't clear enough. All right, um, box, check this out, check this out. We are appliances, right? Um, cool. Um, you take the TV out of the box and you put the box, you put the TV up, and now you've got it like that. Um, and you say, man, I got a beautiful TV. Man, that thing is sexy, man. Look how it sits up on my wall. Man, I, I, man, I took the time and I hung it well. I, I went to school uh, to learn how to hang TVs properly. It won't move, man. I, I got it, man. It's up there tight. Real, real good, man. I, I did all the necessary homework to get it up there. I mean, man, that TV is dope. That's a good-looking TV right there. Thank you. But if I don't plug the TV in, then what difference does it make? In order for the appliance to have purpose, it's got to be applied to a power source. Somebody got to cut it back on. I ain't bring the remote with me. I was kind of flying out the seat of my pants right there. Thank you. All right. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, when you apply it to the power source, now all of a sudden the appliance can bear fruit, and it can do. What it was created to do. <laughs> now, to show you that I'm not making stuff up, when you, when you read the verse, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That word can right there is literally speaking about what I just illustrated. The, the, the word can, in its Greek, Scooby, talks, is this word called dunamai. Dunamai is, is kin to the word dunamis, which means power. It's the same word where we get our word dynamite. What the writer is saying, what Jesus is saying within the text is this, I am the vine, yeah, I'm the source of power. I am the power source. You are the branches. You are the appliances. 
uh, those who remain in me tap in to me, and I will then plug in to you. And when I do so, you will produce, you will do what you were created to do. You will show off that 4K. That's the TV. <laughs> you will do exactly what you were created for me for apart from me. You don't have power enough to do nothing. Now, I'm about to close, and what I want you to know is this. We, we all know people who don't know Jesus, and they do a lot of things without him. So understand that Jesus isn't speaking from some, some, some shallow area. He, he's not talking about that you can't do anything. I mean, we know, we know rich people. We know talented people and successful people who don't. This isn't, this isn't about deeds. That's, that's typically where we go, man. Well, you know, I don't really need Jesus to do that. That's true. You don't. You can do whatever you want to do without him. It's not what Jesus is talking about. What Jesus is talking about is not the quantity of life, which is what we always go to. He's talking about the quality of life. The reason why you were created. It exists within the connection to the vine. For when you break apart from the vine, the fruit that you produce won't be the fruit. That's why you can't sleep at night. That's why there's paranoia. That's, that's why there is, there is a lot of unhappiness and unsettling within our souls because you're not walking into why you were created. You're disconnected from the vine. Jesus says, listen, I, I will give you power. I know that I've taught you enough a lot, and I know that you're trying to comprehend what the meaning of life is, and I know you're trying to figure out your next steps, and, and, and I get all of that makes sense. The only thing I need you to understand is this. Get to know me. And I promise when you get to know me, everything that you hope for yourself, it will flow out of me. That's all I got for you today. Thank you. I have uh, counselors to come up. You know, Pastor, if y'all can come on up. And um, let's prepare a time of...